This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, but what do we begin today with the story that we, we touched on yesterday, and this is now becoming a huge issue. Uh, the issue of Canada's protectionist policies as it pertains to the dairy industry and what the American president said about this yesterday. Now, look, Donald Trump is not the first foreign leader to raise this concern. In fact, a lot of our trading partners have been raising this concern for a long time. Now, in a more general sense, as we went through the negotiations around the Trans-Pacific Partnership, a lot of the countries involved uh, felt that that was something Canada needed to put on the table, something Canada needed to compromise on. This weird protectionist system we have set up in this country that doesn't exist in any other sector. We've got beef producers, barley producers, etc., you name it, right? They compete, they export, we import. When it comes to dairy, though, it's a different story. Uh, We've got a a cartel, a quota system in Canada for dairy farmers. We've got insanely high tariffs to keep uh, imports out. And so this has long been a sticking point uh, in negotiations with our trading partners, including the United States. So apparently somewhere along the way, Donald Trump's been made aware of some of these issues. So yesterday, and again, I mean, it was a really, really strange backdrop for him to start raising this because, of course, yesterday was the day Donald Trump was unveiling his Buy American, Hire American policy. Which obviously is, by design, a protectionist policy. And the problem is, and Donald Trump is not the first political leader to want to have it both ways. We've had many leaders in this country who have been much the same. We want our trading partners to lower barriers, but we're not prepared to do it ourselves. And that's a big problem. And Donald Trump is certainly guilty of it, too. So on the same day that uh, the U.S. president is announcing a protectionist policy of his own, he's taking aim at Canada's protectionist policies. And just to get you brought up to speed, here's what he said yesterday. We're also going to stand up for our dairy farmers in Wisconsin. And I've been reading about it, and I've been talking about it for a long time. And that demands really immediately fair trade with all of our trading partners. And that includes Canada. Because in Canada, some very unfair things have happened to our dairy farmers and others. And we're going to start working on that with Ron and with Scott and with Paul and with all of your representatives. What's happened to you is very, very unfair. It's another typical one-sided deal against the United States, and it's not going to be happening for long. So, Scott, you and Ron and myself and Paul and everybody else, we're going to get together and we're going to call Canada and we're going to say, what happened? And they might give us an answer, but we're going to get the solution, not just the answer, okay? Because we know what the solution is, all right? And if you guys can't do it, we'll bring uh, maybe Reince. Reince, you ready, Reince? We better bring Reince back. Now, we'll get that done. We're going to work on that very hard. We're going to work on it immediately, in fact, starting today. It's a terrible thing that happened to the farmers of Wisconsin. Okay. Now, obviously, nowhere in that clip does Donald Trump attempt to explain what's going on here. And it's not entirely clear that he understands the issue. It is a complicated issue. But again, I just the, the, the idea that the U.S. president is going to stand there 
and announced new rules in the United States to protect American industry and take aim at Canadian protectionist policy. I mean, it's hypocritical in the extreme. We've got a couple of different issues going on here. We've got the broader issue of what is known as supply management, the dairy cartel, as others call it, which, again, is this quota system, high tariffs, uh, a, a really 70s-style, you might even say Soviet-style protectionist regime. There's been a specific issue around one product in particular. And, you know, you're really getting into the nitty-gritty of this. But it's uh, certainly Wisconsin and other U.S. states have had some issue with this. Uh, so, too, have some of our other uh, partners, as mentioned earlier. Australia, New Zealand, the European Union, as well as the United States. So, essentially, the argument here is that one product in particular was being imported by some Canadian cheese producers as a way of getting around tariffs. And so in order to counter that, essentially the Canadian industry responded by what's basically known as dumping. Uh, one letter in particular signed by our trading partners point out that this newly introduced provision of below market price milk for the production of the listed dairy ingredients provides both an incentive to substitute those ingredients for their imported counterparts and a subsidy on the production of the end products containing those agreements. Both of these elements violate Canada's obligations under a number of WTO and NAFTA agreement provisions. So this is something very, very specific in the dairy industry. And our trading partners have been complaining for a while that even if you can argue that supply management itself is not a violation of those trade agreements, what's happening here specifically is. They go on to say Canada's increasingly protectionist policies violate their international trade obligations, hold out the prospect of trade diversion, and are in conflict with the principles of free market and fair and transparent trade. So this has been going on for a while, but this does stem from the approach we take to the industry for whatever reason that it's going to be heavily, heavily regulated and heavily, heavily protected. And as a result, those who hold these quotas, they become very valuable. Canadian consumers have a vested interest in these policies being dismantled. These are the kinds of policies that protect the industry but hurt consumers. We'll take a break here and we'll come back. We'll play for you some of what the Canadian ambassador was saying in response to all of this. We'll also read to you a little bit of an op-ed written today by one guy running for the conservative leadership uh, who has long called, well, check that, throughout his campaign has called for the end of supply management. I think you know who I'm talking about here. There's a hint for you. 403-974-8255. We're back after this. Anyway, 403-974-8255. We can talk a bit more about the uh, supply management issue. Uh, now the Americans say they're putting Canada on notice. And good, maybe we should be put on notice. Maybe it's about time we had an on honest conversation about this policy, but also to put our trading partners on notice, like the United States. Just hang on a second here, because aren't you guys doing much the same thing in other sectors? All right, 403-974-8255. But we got some time for your calls and your text here, too. Why don't we say good afternoon to Helen? Helen, how oh, are you hi. doing? Hi, Rob. Yeah, an interesting article. Um, Joe Oliver, our former uh, finance minister that left our country in such wonderful shape from the Harper government. We didn't have a great big debt that we're running up now. Joe Oliver is all for Maxime Bernier, as I am. 
He has good policy and good political is a winning combination, and that is why Maxine can win our next election. And uh, as prime minister, he would lower personal taxes to make life affordable for hardworking Canadians, reduce corporate taxes to enhance competitiveness, create jobs, and bolster economic growth. He also is involved in, in this situation that Trump is bringing up. And Maxime will fight tooth and nail for the Canadian farmers and the people of Canada. And our leader will do what it takes to, for Canada to achieve its enormous potential. And that leader will be Maxime Bernier. He let him fight it off with Trump. Maxine knows what's going on, has been a wonderful politician and a, a lover of everyone in the West, uh, and also, as we know, is bilingual and from Quebec. Yep. He is a wonderful person to have in as leader of our country, and we'll look after this business as far as Trump is concerned, bringing up all this stuff that he hasn't got a clue about okay <laughs> yeah, okay helen appreciate the phone call helen is uh, definitely on the maxime bernier express and at some point we'll just have to stop it but i just can't help myself in the meantime uh certainly look he's one of the front runners i don't know how this is all going to play out in the end it's hard to get a good read on where things are at in the conservative leadership race uh kevin o'leary's kind of a, a wild card here he brings a lot of profile. He's getting a lot of coverage. How's he doing in the race? I don't know. But certainly you've got him. You've got Maxime. I think you, Aaron O'Toole, Andrew Shear, Kelly Leach. Uh, it's, you know, it's tough to get a read on. But I certainly think that Maxime Bernier is one of the front runners. How does that play into the next election? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how the next election is going to play out. And that's going to depend in large part on what happens with the economy over the next couple of years, whether this Trudeau government can remain scandal-free over the next couple of years, right? They've had some some issues already. What's the reaction from, from the voting public to some of these broken promises? What happens with the NDP? Are they going to put a leader in place that can get uh, progressives excited, excited enough to, to abandon Trudeau, right? So a lot of, lot of wild cards going into the next election. But... Is it a slam dunk that Trudeau's going to win re-election? It, you know, sitting here now, after, what, a year and a half of the, the Trudeau government, it looks less certain than I think it originally did. When Trudeau came in and had the honeymoon period, and everyone's, well, you know, we really think this is going to be a one-and-done government. Canadians don't typically do that anyway. right? So it's still an uphill battle for whoever wins the conservative leadership race. But uh, that's not to say that it's an impossible task to win the next election, but it's not going to be easy either. And how much, you know, of an issue is this going to be? You know, granted, Maxime Bernier is from Quebec. Uh, that would certainly help him in that province. But I think he realizes, he's got to be smart enough to realize that there are a lot of vested interests in that province who are going to go to the mat big time to save supply management. And do enough Canadians understand and appreciate the issue that they're willing to get behind him and say, this has got to go. It's interesting, our economist friend Trevor Toome uh, noted on Twitter today, or maybe it was yesterday, noted the fact that supply management probably costs the average Canadian family more than a $30 a ton carbon tax. Now, it's possible, I suppose, to, to oppose both. 
But why is it that you don't see big protests uh, around supply management? You don't see that same kind of anger around supply management. I, I think because it's so arcane and technical and, you know, it's not as obvious. But we should be upset about it. So I'll be curious to see what kind of an election issue that becomes. Uh, I want to play a couple more clips for you here. This is from uh, Sylvain Charlebois, who's the Dean of the Faculty of Management at Dalhousie University. And says, it's inevitable at this point that changes are coming to supply management. It's probably not going to disappear, certainly not disappear overnight. But we've got an opportunity here to improve it, to bring it into the 21st century. We're under a lot of pressure, and given uh, what's at stake, given that the Americans themselves are asking us to think again about uh, about our supply management scheme, uh, I think it's uh, it's opportune time to think differently about how to produce milk, how to market milk to ourselves and to the world. And says, now that it's on the Americans' radar, now that uh, the U.S. president is making an issue of this, It's really going to be difficult for those in the dairy sector to continue to defend the status quo. What happened yesterday really is confirmation that uh, NAFTA 2.0 will look very different and it will likely affect supply management or our supply managed sectors, uh, and mainly dairy. And so this is an invitation for the sector to really think about a strategy and a comprehensive reform of the system. And hopefully that can happen. Right? There's no reason why it shouldn't happen either. It's just that when it comes to rocking this boat, politicians get very nervous. The Harper government did achieve a lot when it comes to fair and free trade. They made free trade a priority. And, and really, I think on this issue, I mean, we'll go back to Brian Mulroney and the free trade agreement and planted the seeds for NAFTA as well. I mean, the conservatives, this is one issue that they can rightly say, look, we've led on. Right, The liberals along the way have opposed free trade and then kind of after the fact come around to it. But the conservatives can at least say, look, on this issue, we've led. And certainly the Harper government did too, but this was an issue they were really scared to touch. And it's not until, I guess, people are out of government, they're willing to, to get bold on this, like Maxine Bernier, like Martha Hall Finley, for example, who was uh, in the leadership race that Justin Trudeau ultimately won. She's now with the Canada West Foundation, uh, and she's written several papers now outlining the problems with supply management and why the policy needs to go. But I guess it was really tough to do when, when you're in government, especially in a liberal government. Anyway, 403-974-8255. We'll take a quick break here. We're going to come back. We'll have some more time for your calls and your texts. Got some other issues to get to here as well. This is Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.